Hey there, welcome to episode number two of Naked Faith Podcast. In this episode, we are looking at what to do when your chooser is broken. In other words, we'll be looking at the power of choice. All right then, let's look at what to do when your chooser is broken. Hey, uh, if you have kids, you might have even used that line once or twice in your life. And you know, we all make choices and sometimes we make great choices. Sometimes we don't make so great choices. And sometimes it really looks like, wow, our chooser is broken. I remember with my kids and you know, they're, they're young teen years, sometimes uh, when the best choices weren't made, we would talk about that and say, you know, right now, Seems like your chooser's broken, so, you know, Dad's here to help you make better choices until uh, we get that chooser choosing better. Now, I have said many times that the most spiritual thing that you will ever do is to make a choice. What I think most people don't understand is that there is a space. There's a space between thought and action that God allows us to experience so that we make the best choice possible. In fact, that we make a choice that uh, can bring life instead of reducing life. We all know what it's like when we, when we choose poorly. When we choose poorly, uh, our, the effects can be, be detrimental to ourselves, to our family, to those around us. So I think it's really critically important that we look at the tools necessary to make the best possible choices so that we experience all that God intends for us to experience in life. Now, there's a person that uh, I, I really like, and uh, his life story and his life choices have been an inspiration to me over the years, and uh, his name is Viktor Frankl. In fact, uh, uh, Viktor said this, he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I love that. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And it's in that space we have power to choose the way we respond. We can always choose to respond to any given situation one way or another. And the way we do choose, that is where we grow. That is where our freedom comes from, or really whether we uh, self-incarcerate ourselves. Now, Frankel, he was an Austrian neurologist and a psychiatrist. Uh, most notably, though, uh, Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. His most well-known book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, records his existential journey to unearth hope and what is obviously a hopeless environment in order for his own survival. I just pulled out a few thoughts from his book, Search for Meaning. The first thought says this, When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged then to change ourselves. Man, have you ever been there? You've tried everything. You've used every tool in your toolbox. You've tried to control. You've tried to manipulate. You've tried to nuance. You've tried to massage a situation. You come to a point when there's just absolutely nothing you can do, and you realize, wow, I don't have the control that I want in life. I can't control that other person. I can't control anything, actually. 
Uh, so when you get there, you find that space in between stimulus and response. And we realize the only thing we can change is to change ourselves. But this is probably the most freeing revelation you will ever have. He also says this, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. This is the power of choice right there in action. Uh, when everything is taken away, one thing you have left is to choose and to choose well and to choose life and to choose uh, uh, something that won't destroy you but can actually build you. He also says, but there was no need to be ashamed of tears, obviously when he was in captivity, for tears bore witness that a man had the greatest of courage, the courage to suffer. That's just amazing. Frankl also noted this. He said, love is the only way to grasp another human being in the innermost core of his personality. No one can become fully aware of the very essence of another human being unless he loves him. By his love, he is enabled to see uh, the essential traits and features in the beloved person. And even more, he sees that which is potential in him, which is not yet actualized, but yet ought to be actualized. Furthermore, by his love, the loving person enables the beloved person to actualize these potentialities. By making him aware of what he can be and what he should become, he makes these potentialities come true. In other words, your positive choice, your ability to come out of that space between stimulus and response, choosing well, not only affects you, but it has the potential to affect and to change the person that you are dealing with in that moment. That is powerful. He also noted this, even though conditions such as lack of sleep, Insufficient food and various mental stresses may suggest that the inmates were bound to react in certain ways. In the final analysis, it becomes clear that the sort of person the prisoner became was the result of an inner decision and not the result of camp influences alone. In other words, we're looking at nature versus nurture in, uh, in a reverse kind of way here. And what Victor was saying is there is an internal drive. There's an internal reality. There's a, there's a core source issue in you that determines how you will choose. Your circumstances or what surrounds you do not have to determine how you react, how you interact, the choices that you make. So if you feel like, man, I just make bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. It must just be in my DNA. That's wrong. There's something even stronger in you that can stop, pause, take a breath in that space in between and begin to make better choices. The space between is all about your choice. You know, that space is the hard journey between where you started and where you want to be. It's the space between where life really happens. But, uh, you know, we rush through. We miss the lessons that are intended to expand our experience on earth because we falsely believe life is somewhere other than that moment where we are at. We're always thinking about some other place that we want to be. Therefore, we miss the space between and we tend to make 
poor decisions. You know, in order to absorb, I think, every atom of life and experience, growth and freedom, uh, we, we need to remember a, a few things in our lives. And, and I think these four practices, if you would make a commitment even this week to begin building these practices into your life in an increasing sense, you will start to become more and more aware of the space between stimulus and response. And you realize that that space is a God-saturated space. It's a divine moment. It's a sliver of eternity that God gives you to say, pull back, slow down, and think for a moment to allow God's thoughts to invade your thoughts so that when you do choose, the result is life. The result is a, uh, an expanded soul. The result is, is a character that is, that is full of integrity and impeccable. The result is a person that people want to be around. The result is a life that is well-lived and it leaves a significant impact on the people around them. So here's a, here's a few tips uh, I just want to leave with you uh, this week about trying to become <laughs> a person who makes better choices by finding that space in between. All right, first thing, you need to slow down. <laughs> slow down. Technology and culture have increased our busyness and our hurriedness. I, I think we can all agree with that. We're forever in a rush. We're angry, aggravated stressed out, undone, we've hit the wall, wiped out, burnt out, flamed out, you name it. If you find yourself saying, I just don't have enough time constantly, guess what? Then you need to choose to slow down. You need to budget your time and you need to prioritize some time in your schedule to simply be and not do. You see, we are great at doing. In fact, we are a nation of doers. And our overdoing is robbing us of life. I'd say give yourself some permission this week to simply be, to sit, to have some time with zero agenda. So what do you do in that space, man? Sit and read. Uh, or maybe, you know, just simply find a, a great coffee spot and drink slowly. Have some tea. Have some coffee. Bring a book with you. People watch. Begin to absorb life through your eyes and through your, your ears, through your senses. Savor the flavor of your coffee. Smell the aroma. Taste the whole experience. You have a moment. But when we are rushing around, we are never, ever tapping into the space between stimulus and response. Therefore, most of our choices you know, are impacted and diminished greatly. So this week, make a deal with yourself. Say, I'm going to find some time to slow down. Now, you know, in uh, the Judeo-Christian world, we talk about Sabbath a lot. And that's really one of the key points for Sabbathing is it's a time to slow down. It's a time to just simply delight in God. The, the things that uh, bring you delight, those are the things God wants you to do when you take Sabbath. But Sabbath isn't an accident. Sabbath is planned. It's built into your schedule. The more you build in that time to slow down in your week, the more life you'll find. I think, you know, God wants that rhythm embedded. It's, you know, one day out of seven, slow down. And, and that's not just about going to church. Again, to truly Sabbath is to do the things that bring delight to your soul because they help you focus on God. 
So think of some things this week that uh, you can do to slow down, to simply be. Give yourself permission. If you start to feel guilty because you're not doing anything for the moment, uh, just remind yourself that this is the best choice you could possibly do right there. You'll have a moment between stimulus and response to say, right now, the best response is for me to simply be, to enjoy the presence of God, to enjoy my family, to enjoy a great cup of coffee or whatever it is that you have. All right, so besides slowing down, uh, the second thing I'd encourage you to uh, do this week is to begin showing compassion. Compassion is, is powerful. When we show compassion to people, we are training our soul to see value in life. You know, it's really hard to uh, show compassion if you are in a hurry or if you're constantly judging other people. But when you begin to love people as they are, not as they should be, I'm going to tell you, there's a shift that will take place inside of you. It's a shift that removes a jaded spirit. The shift that you'll experience removes a judgmental spirit. You see, we're never able to slow down or show compassion when we are trying to rocket through the space between. Compassion adds beauty and instills hope and meaning. And hope and meaning are necessary ingredients in a full life. You know, you cannot escape the conclusion of the Gospels concerning this core element in operation in Jesus. Time and time again, when Jesus would do something, it said Jesus had compassion. The Greek word was splachnitsomai. It's a really cool word. And it's that, that he had this, this compassion deep in his bowels. It's that gut punch that you feel when you just know you have to do something. Or maybe even a better way is that when you know there's something that you can't not do. Jesus had that so often for people. He would see them and it said that he was moved to compassion. And when Jesus was moved to compassion, he acted. But he had to slow down long enough to see humanity, to see the distress that they were in or to even see the beauty that he was surrounded by. If you slow down enough, you'll finally begin to see with a different set of eyes. And when you begin to look at life through fresh eyes, you'll begin to have compassion. And when you experience compassion and you start to move in a compassionate way, trust me, your soul will expand. Life will have more value and more meaning. And you will find that your chooser will be less broken than it was before. All right, a third thing. This might seem simple, but it's uh, really important. And it's uh, to breathe deeply. Yeah, I really said that. Breathe deeply. To breathe deeply will, will cause you to slow down. In fact, right now, wherever you're at, just stop, sit back for a minute, and I want you to breathe deeply. Most Americans breathe very shallowly. We should be taking about, you know, four to six to seven deep breaths a minute. Americans take 12 to 20 shallow breaths. So your body's actually not getting the maximum amount of oxygen that it needs to, uh, to function efficiently. So when we breathe deeply, 
that alone is causing us to slow down a bit. So right now, just go ahead and do this. Breathe deeply. Take it in. Hold it. And then just let it out. Breathe in deeply through your nose. Your nose is filtering out impurities before it gets into you. Then we breathe out through our mouths. Breath is life. In the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit is called the Ruach, the breath of God, right? Or the Pneuma, which means breath. The first thing you did when you were born, when you came, uh, when you, when you came uh, into this world was to take your first breath of air. No longer in the placenta, now you're breathing air. And the last thing we do before we go to see God is to breathe. And I tell you, Americans, we are the shallowest breathers on the planet. Breathe deeply. Watch how it changes your life. As you hold your breath, thank God for your life. Thank God for your family, for your kids. Thank God that you actually have the opportunity to slow down enough to breathe deeply. Thank God for the air. Thank God that no one has capitalized on bottling air and charges us for the breath that we need daily. It's going to cause you to slow down. You know, as you slow down, you'll finally be able to see that person who simply needs your compassion. Maybe it's just a hello. Maybe it's just a little note. Maybe it's moving a garbage can for a neighbor. People need compassion the way we need to breathe. <laughs> As you breathe deeply, remember that you are most like God when you extend love and grace and compassion to other people. Well, I tell you, when you breathe deeply, show compassion, start slowing down, you are already well, well on your way to experiencing a happier day, a happier life, and a more empowered life. You'll begin experiencing that space between. All right, one more practice for today. There's a, uh, there's a fourth thing that I think is really important. And I don't know if you're the type of person that's a control freak and you have to know every step of the process along the way, otherwise you just go nuts. Or maybe you're the type of person that's a little more fluid in your life and uh, you're able to go with the flow. But regardless, this fourth practice, when you add it to the other three, I, I think is, is powerful and helps you experience the space uh, that, that you have in each and every moment. And that is to simply embrace the mystery of God. In other words, stop trying to figure God out all the time. The moment you think you have figured God out is the moment you have lost whoever it is that you think you've figured out. God, God is mysterious. You know, God is the center of the universe. Believe it or not, the mystery of God and holding to the mystery of God can help us through the space between far better than the best pat answers that so many religious people peddle today. Somehow God is good. Somehow God is able and involved in all things in life, even when we suffer in a hard circumstance like Frankel did. Even though he was in the midst of one of the worst experiences in human history. He was able to find God and, and happiness and, and a different kind of existence, even though his surrounding circumstances were horrible. You know, how can that be? 
I tell you, if we slow down, if we would breathe, if we would practice compassion, regardless of what's going on around us, God's presence will manifest in such a way that is, that is profoundly deeper than the paddest of answers. And the way he will show up in your life, everything else will pale in comparison to just how great God is in that space with you. So this week, I'm going to encourage you to spend a little extra time enjoying the space between. Because as Frankel said, in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. So here's the hoping that uh, this week your choosers no longer broken and that as you find an ability to make great choices in that space between that your life would be infused with God. Have an incredible week. Thanks for joining me on the Naked Faith Podcast today. Don't forget you can find us online at uh, nakedfaith.net or you can go to my blog site, which is montywright.com. Thanks and have an incredible day.